Cool. So hello, everyone. Today, I am joined by Robert Poole from Sales Double. And this interview, you're going to absolutely love if you're like me and most other entrepreneurs I've ever spoken to, and you hate picking up that phone and making those sales calls, then listen in because in this episode, we're going to crack that nut and explore how you can outsource your entire sales process. So the question is this, how do entrepreneurs like us who don't have an endless supply of cash, how do we leverage the best apps, virtual assistants, automation tools and systems to scale our businesses, increase our profits and have more time to do what we love to do each day? That is the question and this podcast will give you the answer. My name is Dr. Steve Day and this is Systemize Your Success. Hi, Robert. Absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast today. I'm really excited about this interview. I mean, I think like many entrepreneurs, the idea of sort of picking up the phone and cold calling people is one of the things we don't do very often at all. And the reason is, is because we absolutely hate it. There's this big fear about speaking to people, about getting rejected, about bugging people, you know, about actually asking for the sale, especially if this is someone you've never met before or have no real direct contact with. So yeah, I'm really excited to hear what you've got to say on this. And I think for this process, and this is something that I could use in my company. This is a genuine thing that I think would be really useful. So I thought we could sort of do this interview slightly differently from me just a Q&A session and actually sort of pretend that actually you're interviewing me as a client, so to speak, or just we're talking through that sales process of you pitching me your services. Um, I might add in some other bits as well, just for the sake of the podcast. But ultimately, it's like, why do I need this? How is it possibly going to work in my business? And when is, you know, am I at the right stage for this to work. So I kick off um, and sort of ask you a couple of questions, but maybe you can just come in with uh, any other questions that you might have for me to pull out the information. So it can be more of a, a two-way chat rather than me just asking all the questions. Does that sound all right to you? Yes, absolutely. And thank you for having me on. It's an honor to be on here. Cool. Okay. So we just talked off air actually before we got started and about when is the right time uh, for a business owner to actually think about this, um, about actually outsourcing their cold calling or even just doing the whole cold calling process. So yeah, so we kick off with that. So, you know, I'm coming to you as a business owner. I don't know if we're ready yet. And like, what would you say to me about when is the right time to actually start this? Well, um, it's like a lot of things. Uh, the right time is always now. Um, the, um, you know, you do have to either do it yourself, as you know, most, like you mentioned, most people do not like cold calling, uh, cause it's, um, let's face it. It's, uh, unpleasant at times and quite nasty at times. It can be very depressing at times. Um, but, um, if your business fits that model, if you have a decent margin in your business, uh, sizable, you know, sales price, you know, you're probably in the, you know, thousands, you know, per sale range. And you, of course you sell to businesses. Um, I wouldn't recommend it for residential or consumer sales, but if you sell to businesses, uh, I think in a lot of situations, it can really make sense. You know, we, we actually started as a company because we needed um, to expand our cold calling. I was doing all the cold calling for our company, trying to get new clients. We were a web design company back in the late nineties and we needed new business and we were completely start bootstrapping, had no money, uh, literally. Uh, and, um, so we, I was doing it myself and we eventually hired two different telemarketing companies to do work for us. And I think it was, you know, $6,000 between the two of them. And, you know, 
that was like all the money in the world that we had and credit cards and everything else. And both of these companies, you know, took our money and gave us, you know, I think it was four or five leads each that were quote leads. And it was a, in those days, a fax of some incoherent, supposedly a contact at a company and an incoherent note, you know, with all kinds of grammatical errors and you couldn't even understand what it was. We would follow up on them, those leads, you know, because they were so precious to that price and they were completely useless, but we were, we were trying to scale that. And uh, even at that level, we, we figured we needed to do something. And so we actually started our company by hiring uh, a couple of local people in our area. Cause again, this was late nineties, early two thousands and remote work was not um, common. I'll say it that way for most companies. There were a few doing it, but we kind of uh, were sheepish in doing it. And we found that we could hire somebody remotely that had this skill set. Uh, I mean, it was remote in the sense that I was literally printing off the list of businesses to call and taking them to this lady's house and dropping her off at her front doorstep. I mean, that's how high tech we were, you know. Um, but uh, for you know a company like yours, um, I think you know once you get to that where you have some kind of revenue, um, it makes sense to outsource something like this because let's face it, most of us are not good at that level and don't want to do it. And I think that's one of the keys in business. And you know, the whole reason your company exists uh, because of the outsourcing nature of it and being able to find people who have that skill set that you don't necessarily have. And let's face it, you don't necessarily want to do. And so we started expanding from there and found that our clients, we could get excellent results for them with direct contact versus other general advertising and even mailers in those days and things like that. And it's really grown over the past 20 years and it's still just as effective today as it was 20 years ago. Um, so for the right business uh, with the right situation, I think you know the time to get started is right now, you know, so. Okay, cool. So I guess like when I think about this process and again, thinking about if I was gonna do this and just literally phoning someone out of the blue, like I get it if there's a warm lead, somebody's seen a webinar or something I've done or they've been in my group and they, they reach out to me and say, look, I'm interested in finding out more about what you do. Can we jump on a call? I get that. But then there's this, okay, so I'm picking up the phone, whether it's myself or you're doing, you're doing it and you're literally phoning somebody and pitching something to them that they've no that wasn't in their 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 world until that moment. So so that I find really hard to understand how that could even work. I mean, can you elaborate on how that process can even exist? Yes, absolutely. Um, I think the uh, important part. Well, one of the important parts. There's a couple aspects to it, but uh, defining your who your target client is. You know, we talk a lot about that. You know, in the in the marketing world, that having that clarity first is very important. And you you would be surprised about the clients that come to us and don't really have an idea of who their their ideal or dream client should be. Uh, but you start with narrowing that down very specifically, um, and then you know, even though social media advertising, everything is very popular these days and very effective, you know, for the right situations, there's one of the benefits when you're calling somebody is that they have to make a decision uh, right there, uh, whether, you know, if it's online or something, you know, yes, they have to click or whatever, but it's get, it's more of a active way of going out and getting them a little bit more aggressive and given the right, using the right language, and let's face it, the numbers, you know, I mean, you might call 100 people, you get through, you know, if you're lucky, 15 to 20% of those, 
Um, and then you've got, you know, you're interrupting somebody's day, as you said. And so you immediately have to get their attention um, with something and then get them to listen to you. Uh, and it's amazing when it's particularly these days when we're so separated, uh, particularly in the last year, um, but when we're so separated from person to person communication. A lot of times over the phone uh, and, and of course, these days, video uh, is a very effective way because people almost appreciate they're talking to a human versus talking to, you know, a an online machine. I mean, let's face it, we all call companies and, you know, you have to go through 15 prompts and they want to have you talk to their AI assistant and all that. So we, we lose some of that personalization and the, the phone is one way of doing that, you know, obviously in person too. But um, so I, um, I got off on a tangent there. I'm not sure if I answered your question, but um, uh, so it's, but there are, there are people that have that, that skill set that I would say it's a prospecting cold calling skill set. And that's a whole lot different than a sales uh, skill set. So, you know, for your business owner, you can sell your company when you get, as you said, somebody calls you in, it's very easy to, you know, talk to them about your company and what you can do for them and all that. Um, but reaching out to somebody is a different story and taking the abuse that you're inevitably going to get, you know, I mean, people are going to hang up on you, be mean, you know, nasty, whatever. Um, that's a, that's a different skill set. And, you know, we go through about 15,000 applications uh, every year to get, find one good caller. So that, that gives you an idea of the difficulty in finding somebody with that skill set. And uh, so it's like, you know, so let's face it, most of us don't want to do it and are not very good at it. So um, that, does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think just to touch on a couple of things you said there, which really sort of resonated with me, that the client avatar, if you like, the, the, who is your target market? That is just, must be absolutely critical in this. So you're not referring the wrong type of people who aren't interested in what you have to offer them. So I think, I, I guess you do a lot of, the research into that because I may know who I want to work with, who my products and services are designed for, but I know from personal experience, um, and I'm no marketing expert by any means, but actually finding where those people are hanging out and locating them and, and knowing who to speak to in the company, that's something that to me is just, yes, I have no experience with that. So I, I guess with that's you know, sort of leading onto a question, uh, I presume that that part of the process that you can do for people must be a huge help to, to businesses to be able to make sure that they're not just wasting time because obviously time is money. And you know, if you're calling 20,000 people and only one of them interested, that's you know not going to be very good return on investment. So you know, that targeting element uh, element of the process. I presume if, if I was doing this myself, how you know what advice could you give me to do it? And I presume that's obviously rolls on to what you do for people. Right. Um, it uh, again, it's it is a specialty, so uh, you can certainly learn it uh, and do it yourself. But we have a whole department uh, that we we kind of casually refer to as the list department, because they're in charge of creating those those prospecting lists, and it is you know an art um, because we we look at past results based upon you know if if you were to come to us, um, we would try to work with you to figure out number one that that, you know, get clarity on who you're trying to contact. And it's not always real simple when it comes to publicly available information, you know, mailing addresses, phone numbers and all that, because, you know, InfoUSA is a big provider in the United States. Um, and, but they're, and they're kind of the number one, but even their data is really bad. I mean, uh, if you look up our company, it's completely wrong. Um, so there's, uh, you kind of have to know 
the ins and outs of that, uh, of how to search for different criteria. But the process is really deciding, you know, rev, you know, doing filters for revenue, number of employees, um, the headquarters versus a multiple location. Um, you know, you have to screen out, of course, all the, the Walmarts and, you know, uh, all the big companies that get in there, some of the fast food chains, you know, unless that's who you're targeting, of course. But, you know, um, so it's a, it's a big process that we spend a lot of time with our clients up front because that is probably, you know, I would say that's probably the number one thing that our clients, you know, uh, underestimate the importance of, and some of them want to rush through it, but that's, that more than any other factor is going to change the outcome of what you're doing and the effectiveness of it and the results you're getting. So, uh, you know, absolutely, I would spend a ton of time trying to isolate that and figure out how to search for those people with whatever database you're using. Uh, you know, obviously a company like ours is experts at it, but you know, you can certainly learn how to do it yourself. Okay, cool. Yeah, I mean, the, the it, it stands to reason because that's exactly what we're taught in marketing school. One hundred one is, you know, start with your target market, start with your avatar, find out, find where they're hanging out, and then go and find them or go and speak to them. So, yeah, it makes perfect sense. So, okay, cool. Um, you know, one go on, uh, go on. Stephen, I interrupt you. One, yeah. one more point on that that um, I think people forget about uh, and underestimate is that you not only do you have to do it up front but it's an ongoing process, you know, like we, for instance, will look at a, you know, a client, let's say they are in the commercial insurance market uh, and that's who they sell to. We will look at, you know, like the past year's results across different companies and look at the results, you know, which particular industry that they're targeting is getting more leads than other, which, you know, how many deals are they closing on this particular type of lead? And then the, the key is to go back and target those specific people. So if you're having success in one specific criteria, then you want to double down on that and, and refocus your activity. But that only comes after time after you get, you know, the experience in it. So I uh, didn't mean to interrupt you, but I, I thought that was an important distinction. So. Yeah, yeah, no, that's really helpful, actually. Yeah, thank you. Um, so what I guess there's a you were talking here about sales about that end process and one of the things that i've been doing a lot of work on in our company is the marketing aspect mm -hmm. and so what is this the distinction between the sales and marketing in your eyes because for me it's like when i get someone on the phone when i want to want to speak to them like it's it, i call it an enrollment call like it's it's meant to be the final piece of the puzzle just to answer any uh, queries that person has and overcome any final barriers and just just walk them, sort of guide them through the gate to come and join the company. But for that to be successful for me, I've got to have got my marketing right. I've got to have explained what we do, how we help, the problems we solve. And then, but then if I'm thinking about from your side of things, this sounds like all that, that hard marketing work, which I'm working on, that's sort of like, you don't even use that. You're just getting them on the phone. To me, that that I can't understand. So just explain how that, how does that work? Sure. Uh, well, in my mind, uh, marketing is really about, and this is marketing in general is different from sales in that marketing is about changing mindset, changing identity, um, and preparing them for the sales, so to speak, preparing them for the close. So shifting their beliefs about what, who they are, what, um, kind of buyer they are, what they need, um, you know, all those things that go into it is sort of the marketing side of it. And so you're preparing them right up, you know, you've got 
in my mind, it's, you know, you're probably 70, 80% of the way to a sale by doing the marketing aspect first uh, and warming them up, so to speak. Uh, Cause as we know, it's a lot easier to deal with somebody who knows exactly what they want. And, you know, they're just calling you, Hey, you know, I'm ready to go convince me, you know, that you're the right person. Um, but the sales aspect is really about, you know, urgency, uh, giving them some reason to act now, helping them get over that, those final questions like you're talking about. Um, then, and an important thing uh, is the logic aspect of it because all sales and marketing is emotional. You know, it doesn't, people, you know, have this misconception in the B2B world that, you know, um, that emotion is, you know, doesn't come into it, that somebody's buying a $30,000 computer system or, or CRM, whatever, um, that it's, you know, it's purely a dollars and cents and features. And it's like, and it's, that's just simply not true because we're all emotional beings. And so we need to tap into that emotion. And that's, in my opinion, where the marketing comes in. And the, you know, like, like we was working with a client the other day and they had a, a lot of problems with buyer's remorse. And what happens in that case, in my opinion, is that somebody <clears throat> starts making that identity shift. They start getting warmed up to the sale. Um, they're emotionally charged. They're like, wow, this is really exciting. I want to do this, you know, but should I, you know, and I'll, you know, and the salesperson will get them all excited and get them to sign on the dotted line, so to speak, but they don't give them uh, enough logic and background and reasons that um, they can tell themselves and justify to themselves why they just did what they did. And so two days later, when all those, you know, endorphins and all the oxytocin, all those chemicals that, you know, we all get excited with, you know, the sales process and buying something, because let's face it, we all get a little mini high when we buy something, when that high wears off, you've got to have justification in your mind. You know, I did it because I'm a smart person. I did it, you know, because it's going to make me look good in front of my boss, you know, those types of things So in the B2B world. So, um, so again, I think the difference is marketing is preparing and the sales is closing, giving them urgency, giving them a reason to act uh, and letting them know it's okay and giving them that logic, you know, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it's hundred percent. I can't get my words out. Yeah, totally. And um, one of the things that I've seen done really well by some of the companies I've engaged with is that sort of the minute you put that phone down, you've made that sale, you've put your credit card details in. The next thing you know, maybe not the same day, but in the in the at least the next day or the next couple of days, something arrives at your door, or you're getting a surprise gift. You know that you never wasn't even discussed on the call. And it's about and I read this actually many um, years ago in a book, uh, one of the old classic books on sales. Um, I think it's like The Power of Persuasion or one of those, one of those classic books on sales, and sales, uh, sales process. And it was all about this buyer's remorse. And it's to actually overcome that. If you give someone something, then it shows that person, it's not all about you. It's not all about taking the money and, and some running, so to speak. Mm. You know, there is, there is going to be a very much a two-way interaction and you are trying to over-deliver. Do you, do you involve that in your process and, or do you help clients to actually put that sort of after sales bit together to, to try to combat that bias remorse? Yes, we, you know, we don't specifically do that as a, the mechanical part of it, but we do coach our clients on it, you know, through our mastermind coaching programs on, you know, how to run their company. And that's one of the things, you know, people think that sales is an event and it's not an event, it's a process. And after the close and the signing on the dotted line, so to speak, when the sale is completed, that's not the end of it. 
you know, just like you're saying, giving them something afterwards that they weren't expecting. I think, you know, a physical product is always exciting for people, particularly when they're not, you know, expecting it. I mean, it's, it's Christmas, you know, or your birthday, you know, the day after and you weren't even expecting it. And so I, I think you're absolutely right that uh, some kind of gift, you know, it could be digital, you know, I think the most, most powerful are physical, but um, you know, I, I will have conversations with clients and, you know, we'll be talking about a subject and, um, you know, I will the next day, you know, overnight them a book about that particular subject that I like, you know, and I can't tell you the, you know, I mean, these are obviously clients, but it's not a post sale, but it's a way of, you know, furthering, you know, the, the loyalty. Um, and it's a surprise, like you said, and it's something that really helps that um, get over that buyer's remorse and, you know, things. So, yeah, I absolutely agree with that. I absolutely love that idea. And, I, and, and, you know, a, a mentor did this to me a while ago. It wasn't a mentor I was paying. It was um, just a, somebody I met through property circles. This one I was uh, getting back into property development about six years ago, five or six years ago. And um, I just went on a, a day with him to show me around some of his developments. And he was just sort of, I, he probably had a coaching program somewhere down the line, but I think he was just a nice guy, to be honest. Hmm. And um, I think it was, the, uh, yeah, a couple of days later in the post arrived this little book and it was, it was Poke the Box by Seth Godin which is a great little book for uh, entrepreneurs and also to give to your employees and staff. And it was, it was sort of relevant, but it didn't really matter. It was just the fact that he totally out of the blue had sent this really useful book to me. And I often suggest books on, on our courses, you know, there's the great books that we've, that I've digested. And then a lot of those that have actually in some way, shape or form uh, shaped the, the products and services that we offer. So I often refer back to them. Um, so a Gina Whitman traction is one that I often refer to. Um, and uh, so, yeah, that is something I'm going to, I'm going to take that away and use that. So great tip. Um, cool. I just wanted to pick up on that. Cause I think it's a really useful thing. I don't want people to, to skip over that bit. So yeah, massively useful. Okay, cool. Um, let me see what else was I going to ask you? Okay. So let's just, if I was going to start this today, I think you may have covered this already, but maybe you can just the, the key points here. So what are the, important things an entrepreneur should think about if they're going to start a cold camp calling campaign. I think the, as we spoke or talked about a few minutes ago, I think the number one thing is, you know, that defining of the client, of course, uh, and that building that list properly is the number one thing. The, after that, like in our process, we'll, we'll start working with the client initially, find out where their challenges are. Cause it, it may be there's different parts in the, the sales process where you lose people. And so, you know, we don't just stick just to our lane. Uh, you have to kind of look at it as an overall, you know, process. But, you know, most of the time we'll spend time, you know, working on that client, working on that list, as I said, that and it's not something that happens overnight. It, we've I would say our average client from the time that they, you know, join our program to the actual first calls being set can be three or four weeks. And it's because it takes so much time to go over some of this stuff. So I would say the, the list is important. The next thing would be the script. Um, you know, most clients don't know how to write a script and it's not because, you know, they're clueless. It's just because it's again, another specialty. And, and we've just done it long enough that we kind of know what it is. But I would say if you're doing it on your own, think short and sweet, you know, you've got, you know, just milliseconds, you know, when you're on a phone call before somebody's going to listen to you or they aren't. And if you start going, start opening the call with, you know, 
hey, you know, we're your local whatever company and we're so great. We've been in business 20 years and blah, 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 blah. You know, we have clients that come to us with two paragraph opening, you know, lines. And you understand, again, it's an interruption in the middle of the day, busy executives and, you know, uh, people don't have time for that and they don't have the patience you'll get hung up on. So the scripting is very important in the wording you use, how it's directed. It's a science and an art to itself. Um, so, and then the backup to that, of course, is the marketing. We do email follow-ups and follow-up calls for our clients as well. So we may set, you know, an appointment or, which is great. You know, we get the client right in front of the prospect if they're hot to trot. Uh, but typically, you know, it's a, it's a cycle, particularly in B2B. It's not a, you know, one-time thing or quickly, you know, it takes time. And so you have to market to people over time. So we use email follow-up campaigns and all that. So we work with clients to develop those materials, develop that follow-up campaign, depending on their market. Um, and before we even start the call. So there's a, there's a ton of prep up front, but it's one of those things that if you do it right up front, it makes it much more effective and better results in the long run. So that's kind of the, the overall process that we use. And, you know, I'd recommend anybody who was, you know, wanting to do it on their own, that sort of thing. Yeah, I think, some things you just mentioned there. I mean, the follow-up is is absolutely essential. I mean, I know even from like webinar follow-ups and sales call follow-ups with me, the amount of sales that come through after that initial, it's not even, it's not a no, it's just a not now. And then you just, just keep on ticking over and it may just be a couple of days before it's a yes. So it actually may be a couple of weeks or I've had clients that have come back after a year or even two years. And, uh, and then they've actually come back and started working with us. So yeah, I can't, there's a, there's a, there's a good expression about the, the, basically the money's in the follow-up, but I can't top Absolutely. remember what it is, but anyway, I'm sure that somebody listening will be able to uh, know what it is. Maybe we can put it in the, uh, the comments. <laughs> cool. Okay. So, um, um, brilliant. I think, I think it's been absolutely fascinating. And I think, uh, for me, oh yeah, I just want, actually, sorry. One thing I wanted to pick up on there in that last, what you just talked about then was about the script. This is something actually I do a mastermind every Thursday morning, just with some fellow business owners. And, um, we're actually looking at the moment about our sales process. So getting people from being, we're, this is more the warm lead sort of thing, but a lot of this focus we're talking about is about the closing call, about that sales script. And very much it resonates what you're saying then about being direct. So people want to know what's in it for me. You know, when, it, when someone picks up the phone and you've interrupted their day, like you say, they don't want to have a load of chit chat. It's like, why are you phoning me? Do I want to listen to what you're saying? And we, when we've been talking about this, it's about positioning the call as well. It's like, this is what's going to happen on this call. If you give them that like, signpost, what the call's about, what's in it for them, and what's going to happen, people can then sort of say, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm good with that. I can, I can, I can sit down and listen to this because this person has a structure. So I think, yeah, absolutely agree with you that from, um, I've not done it from a cold calling point of view, but from a, a con, um, closing call point of view, it's made a world of difference in, in my business to the, to the sales rate. And actually almost you come over much more, with much more authority if you take charge of that call from the initial off the offset or, the, or the, from the go. So, yeah. Absolutely. Okay, cool. Robert, thank you very much. I always close with a few quick questions, my signature questions, if I may. So first off, who do you think would be a great next guest on this podcast? Oh, that's interesting. Um, I would say um, probably, you know, in the B2B world, you know, there's a lot of um, 
lot of clients of ours that are not heavy social media users, um, even though it's a very popular and very powerful, I mean, we have only started using social media in the last couple of years, but a lot of them um, are just so busy or they're not interested, whatever. And um, so I, I would think that somebody uh, that is in the offline world and has a, as a experience in both um, the online aspect of it, um, has experience in social media, knows when to use it, knows, um, you know, when not to, and knows the, you know, sort of the old school method. So, I mean, I would be fascinated to talk to a person like that. And I think, you know, based upon what I know about your audience, you know, I would think that that would be interesting for them too, because, you know, how do you, how do you meld old school offline marketing methods with, you know, newer, you know, uh, types of technology, you know, and how do you, how do you manage that? So that would be fascinating to me personally. So. Okay, cool. Uh have a put my thinking cap on about that one. Thank you. Um, so the title of this podcast is Systemize Your Success. What does success mean to you? Well, um, you know, I'll be honest with you. When when I was starting my business and probably the first 10 years, success was financial success. And I, I don't think that that's necessarily wrong. Uh, but I think at, at this point in my career, I've been doing this for 25 years, that it has melded into a, a different type of um, success. And I, I'm these days, I really get the joy out of dealing with clients and seeing them succeed. And so that besides my my personal life, of course, I've got two young daughters and beautiful wife. And so being able to spend time with them and balance um, our, our work is super important to me. So because I believe that, you know, business is really simple, we make it too complicated. But it's also, you know, managing that stress that, you know, entrepreneurs are, you know, are awesome at is, you know, getting stressed out, you know? So, uh, so to me, it's success is being able to serve people knowing you're making a difference, you know, and not just, you know, kind of foo-foo difference, you know, but actual real results in their lives. And you can see that um, there's nothing like knowing that somebody closed a big deal and now they're going to be able to get their son or daughter into the college that they wanted or, or, you know, or they save their business because of that, you know, um, that's gives me huge satisfaction. And, you know, balancing that with your personal life, I think is just so critical. And that's how I would define success for myself. Wonderful. Good answer. Okay. And finally, do you believe you can systemize your success and why? Absolutely, Steve. I'm so fascinated with your company. Uh, and I, I hope we can do business because I think that you were so on to something. And I know from our clients that, you know, I've already already recommended you to several of our clients because I think the systems is one of the things that has built our company, uh, not to the extent that you do as far as outsourcing, but systemizing things is so critical. Uh, and that's something that I believed in. There's a book, uh, The E-Myth by Michael Gerber that I read when I was, uh, you know, my early 20s that really gave me that idea that everything has to be duplicatable, repeatable, and you can't depend on, you know, a personality or, you know, someone's skill set. you have to have those systems in place if you want to grow. So whenever we look at, you know, a growth strategy of any kind, we always think, is this, can we systemize this? And is this scalable? So, um, because if it's not, it's not worth doing just because you're a one man shop, so to speak right now, you still need to have those systems in place because, you know, if you want to grow, you don't have those systems, you're, you're going to run into roadblocks. So I, I think what you do is just absolutely fascinating to me. And I think it's just a huge missing component in, in a lot of businesses. So um, I think you're going to do fantastic in your business and uh, definitely in this podcast. So. Thank you very much indeed. And just to, 
got to touch on it because e was one of the first books I ever read, which really got me on this journey. And again, probably not, yeah, probably late 20s, I think I read that book. And, um, and the biggest challenge that I had there was implementing it. And literally, so I've designed our company around how you apply e in the practical, useful sense that you actually get stuff done. And one of our clients once coined it completely unprompted by me as uh, like the, what we do is the e in a box. So I'm, mm. I'm holding on to that and I quote that That's very great. frequently. So yeah, I, I think Michael Gerber is a great, great um, person to uh, start with. So if you're listening to us now and you've never heard of the book, The e Revisited by Michael Gerber, uh, I would highly recommend it as a total mindset shift about what your role in a business is as a business owner. And until you get that shift, you're always going to be stuck doing everything yourself and never be able to scale. So I'm glad you picked up on that because that's a yeah, total, yeah, total game changer. Steve, if I might comment on that last thing yeah. you said, I think that, you know, uh, I always say I have a PhD in failure because it's, I've largely grown in my business over the last 20 years. Uh, unfortunately, I have a lot of trial and error. And I think the concepts that you teach and, and your systems uh, and all that, the training, I would have killed to have that, you know, 20 years ago, quite frankly, because it would have shortcut so many things. So I think, again, you know, what you offer is so valuable in that expertise. So uh, I'm, I'm excited about working with you in the future, just for my own, you know, um, company and what we do. So uh, I would obviously encourage your audience to, to get more information because uh, it's just a, a huge hole that a lot of businesses have. So anyway, side note, sorry. Yeah. Very, very, very kind of you to say. Thank you very much. Cool. Thank you very much. Before we go, if people want to find you and reach out, how can they contact you, Robert? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, they, of course, can find us uh, at our website, uh, salesdouble.com, just like it sounds. Um, and, um, you know, contact us through that. The best way is to call our office and arrange a short, you know, uh, strategy session or whatever you want to call it. I'm not a big fan of that word personally, but um, uh, it's get to know you call. I like to say, uh, I'm, I, I like plain English, to be honest with you. Um, I'm, I'm not that um, uh, fancy in my wording, as you might've noticed, uh, but uh, yeah, call our office and be more than happy to talk to you about, you know, and uh, find out if, you know, this kind of thing would work for your business. And if it works great, you know, we'll talk about it. If it, if we think it generally doesn't work, then we'll tell you that too, you know? So, um, yeah, so call us at, um, you know, our website. Um, I think the number is 866-231-6776 or just contact us on the website. That's fine too. But thank you again for asking. So if you want to contact Robert, we'll put all the details in the show notes, including the phone number and website. Thank you very much, Perfect. Steve Robert. It's been an absolute pleasure. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me and listening to this episode. I'm well aware there are hundreds of great business podcasts out there and you chose to listen to this one. And for that, I am truly grateful. Hopefully what you heard today took you one step closer to building a successful business so you can share your passion with the world and serve an ever-growing number of people. If you got value out of today's episode, then so will someone else you know. By sharing with others what has helped you along your way, you will grow your influence and be the guy or girl that everybody wants to know. 
So please hit the share button right now and also remember to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss future episodes. It's impossible for me to cover absolutely everything in these podcasts. So please do head over to systemizeyoursuccess.com right now and download the show notes, transcriptions, and some of my best frameworks and systems for free. Thanks again for tuning in and being a part of this amazing community. Until next time, this is Dr. Steve Day, and you've been listening to Systemize Your Success. Oh,